The following Toku podcast to contain spoilers from both past and present Tokusatsu, anime, manga, movies and other related media. If you do not wish to be spoiled we suggest turning off the podcast now. Otherwise please enjoy the show. Hello everybody, welcome to the Tokusatsu podcast, the best show about Tokusatsu you've probably never heard of. That's the first time in the last five episodes that I've said that title correctly. Yes, That's it is. That's Jay. I just did a big video about a comic book, so I'm not going to bother coming up with a new quote today. So uh, You didn't do a you. comic book, you did a movie. It's a comic book movie, it's the same thing. No, it's not. It's not. Well, you know, uh, we know Jay. You're wrong. We know it, Jay. You have the distinct, you have the distinction of having one more movie review than Phil. Yeah, I was about. Yeah, you know, I made the joke in the video there, but I think I've done more movie reviews so far <laughs> than Phil has. I've done more movie reviews so far than Phil has, and I don't do movies. I do <laughs> video games. Uh, uh, yeah, the Yakuza oh movies God. are kind. I mean, Yakuza movies. The g- <laughs> well, look, I did the Yakuza movie. That's right. That was fucking terrible. <laughs> Fuck that movie. Uh, I wish it was written by Inoue. So, uh, let's talk about what we're actually going to talk about today. And it's... Choco Senshi Shanzarian, as I am again aware now that it's supposed to be pronounced. That's so... That's that's Inoue. Fuck. Oh, fuck off. You know what, Jay? Like, last time where we did high school heroes where i said this is definitely a show that takahashi wrote this is definitely a show inoue wrote this is uh this is um this, this is, is the is, most inoue show that inoue did right this is the inoue show i guess is the best way to put it up front so before we get into the actual show um we don't usually do this but i need to ask jay was a was, was a lot of this show recorded in adr because a lot of this show sounded like it was recorded in ADR. Uh, I don't know. It does kind of sound like that. There are definitely points where it seems like they added in dialogue in post. And not necessarily in the usual way where it's like, obviously, this is a guy in a suit and it's not actually his real voice. Uh, it does really seem like they spliced in a lot of stuff. So I Oh, what, I what, what gave it away? It. The fact that the fact that we got fucking Oja obviously saying something completely different from what's coming out of his mouth. <laughs> I, I, I've counted like three or four times where he is saying something entirely different. And it's not like they out of sync. I'm saying like the shapes his mouth is making is not anywhere near what he's supposed to be saying in the show. And I'm like, why? What the fuck? And that's and that's like 90 percent of the show. It's like, was this all done in ADR just to fuck with people? Like, what I, the fuck? I wouldn't be shocked, but I don't believe so. I I don't know if it was like a weird post recording ADR ad lib kind of thing. And they were just like, ah, fuck it, leave it in. Who cares? I wouldn't be surprised, but I, I have no idea. So Jay, as the Inoue expert of this <laughs> podcast, what is Shinzerian? Well, uh, before we discuss the show, we're going to go oh. a little bit, a little bit further back to give you the, the backstory of the show. Oh uh, shit. So, the backstory of Shanzarian starts two years before in good old 1990. Was it 1994? Because the show was 96. This was 96. Early 95. Yeah, the whole show was 96. I was trying to remember when the story started. So 
late 94, early 95. Uh, so a little movie Toei put out came out to moderate success that you may have heard of. Uh, it was called Mechanical Violator Hokkaider. Woo! Uh, written by, of course, our lord and savior, Toshiki Inoue. The greatest movie <laughs> Hokkaider has ever made. And uh, Hokkaider was actually pretty popular. So much so that it was going to get a sequel. Um, so I don't know how far into production they actually got. I don't. I think early on they decided, rather than doing a sequel movie, they were going to do a sequel TV show. <laughs> and Inoue was, of course, kept on. And they got relatively far in post-production. I don't believe any actual suits were made, but a lot of monster designs and I think a couple of story concepts were can came up with. Uh, but ultimately, that project fell apart. Uh, so then fast forward another year or so, and one of Toei's producers, <coughs> who I wrote down the name and I forgot. Give me one second. Amori, not again. <laughs> no, 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 no. For once, it's not him. I was uh, Susumu <laughs> Yoshikawa, um, who wanted to basically take advantage of a new kind of gimmick with suit production, whereas like, they could start reliably doing clearer, like, rainbow glittery plastic. So he wanted to do a series <laughs> kind of built around that gimmick with the hero. Okay. Uh, and eventually that went through multiple phases, <laughs> and that eventually led into Shanzarian, which is half sequel to Hakaider, half original project, and full, full in no way, just, just going full hog. So, so the plot of this show is... <laughs> That there is an alternate universe, a dark, mysterious, dark dimension, where an evil alien race lives, led by an evil organization called Darkside, or Darkside. I mean, there's going to be Collins Darkside, because it's funnier. <laughs> uh, who are taking the forms of humans to infiltrate our society and steal some kind of vague energy source spirit thing they call Larm. Which they feed on to, you know, they, they feed on it, basically. They're vampires, more or less. They eat human soul, energy, whatever. So there's a secret organization called Psydoc that's working the fight against them. They've been plotting against them this whole time. They're building all this cool super technology and special powers that'll counteract all of them. This entire experience and entire conspiracy has absolutely nothing to do with our protagonist, Akira Suzumura, who is a deadbeat scumbag detective uh, who gets involved in the plot by sheer coincidence because he accidentally absorbs the super weapon that the t uh, the organization had been building to fight against Darkseid. When, when that's how he becomes Shanzarian, the super duper light soldier, whatever the fuck it was called again. I don't remember the translation. Um, <laughs> so the show is a mostly episodic monster of the week plot where Akira just kind of stumbles into a plot that Darkseid is involved with. And he bumbles his way into solving the case, usually angering the rest of Psydoc in the process because they're all, you know, he's he is the not he is a very atypical anti-hero. Not in the sense of like he's, he's a an hero asshole. Who, exactly. He's not like a hero who does bad things. He's just a fucking deadbeat dickhead. He's oh, just the amazingly worst. so. Look, I, look, I I spoke too soon at the beginning of the when I started watching it. But now that I've seen the show, he's kind of like what would happen if you let Inoue write Shotaro from Double. 
I was thinking that honestly. He was he's he wears very... the same fucking clothes in the first episode. He does. I was thinking about that too. I was like, he is very similar in that he's a wannabe detective who's just kind of like a big man child, and his most of his cases are low grade find my lost pet kind of stuff. And most of the time when he gets a real case, it's something that has to do with one of the monsters of the week. And that's the excuse plot mostly. Uh, but even then he barely does his job because half the time he just kind of, he just kind of ends up in the monster plot. It doesn't really have anything to do with what he was working on in that episode. He just kind of gets dragged into it half the time too. Uh, which is, which is a fun, <laughs> a fun angle for the plot as bare bones as it is admittedly. See, I, I think the biggest thing that the my my one problem with Akira and I don't really say it's a problem because the show is quote unquote mostly episodic is the fact that he kind of <sighs> the fuck? What is that on the what's in the background? What? Oh, I just now I could hear the fan. Never mind. Uh, yeah, um, I think I my my fan just kicked up for a minute. I had to turn that down, sorry. Uh okay, so <clears throat> I think the biggest problem that I have with Akira is he's almost too static of a character or not. Yeah. Like he's almost too static of a character to me to really fully get behind. And after like five episodes in a row of his bullshit, I'm like, okay, can we get somebody else in here? Can, can we do something else with them? Cause he has his good points. Like let's not, let's not beat around the, but like he has his good points. He has, he still has an inherent heroic attitude to him in some places, but there's times where it's like, all right, you're a douchebag. What else? You're just a douchebag. It's like, <laughs> I hate, it, it, it's like if you had Otoya be the only character you followed in Kiva. <laughs> well, I love Otoya, but let's be honest. If he was the only guy you followed in Kiva, It'd get old really fast. Well, I don't know. Some people would still say that's an improvement. Personally, <laughs> oh, yeah. personally, where the show is predominantly a comedy, I don't have a problem with it because, I mean, it's oh, yeah. like it's a goofy comedy basically where yes. there's there's no consi- you know there's no real stakes, there's no consistent overarching schemes or plots, so it's fine to have a static character. Most of the cast in this show is static, both the heroes and the villains. And it, well, with one exception, we'll talk about him. Uh, most of the cast doesn't really go anywhere. They're all, they start the show off basically the same as how the show ends. And again, where it's a comedy, that's fine. And to a degree, I understand Akira never really letting up. Like there's a couple episodes where he kind of learns to, to get the stick out of his ass. Not, well, I guess not get it out of his ass, but put the stick up his ass and become more of a serious hero. There's a couple episodes where he finally learns that lesson. And those are particularly fun. But at the same time, it's it's fine that he's a static character and that he never really learns any lessons because that's not really what the show is about. It's it's a very atypical <laughs> hero show, so you don't need to have that same general. Oh, well, the hero needs to learn a new lesson, or the, oh, the hero needs to you know overcome so and so obstacle. It's just oh, the hero is he's uh, not paying off his debts or whatever. Is oh, he's just being greedy again, or oh, he's. He's being a womanizer again, which is every episode. Um, <laughs> there's there's literally an episode about him calling in all of his many, many girlfriends to go save him from a fight, which is uh, which is a funny episode. Um, 
so yeah, I think it's I think it's fine personally that he doesn't really. I can understand where it might get annoying because there's a, a lot of the show is definitely I can understand where somebody would be annoyed by this, but I personally was fine with it. I think that worked because it's you know it has a very strange sense of humor and a very strange writing style, and he manages to make that work with the character. See, for me, I think it's more the fact that. His character is not a bad. Is inherently bad. It's not inherently bad. I can enjoy that, and I can enjoy the comedic moments. But I think having that every single episode, and not, it's not even that you have to necessarily change it. Just after a while, it just gets old. You know, it just kind of gets old. And like maybe if I watched this show in a weekly format, it wouldn't be so bad. Of course, we don't do weekly formats because this episode would have come out in fucking November. But yeah. like, <laughs> but like, maybe if this show was, maybe if I watched it in a weekly format, I would get a better appreciation for it because I still like Akira's character. I still like it. He's just a fucking asshole. Honestly, I feel like he's like Inoue self-insert. This is just Inoue, like putting himself in a show somehow. I like it. <laughs> I just feel like there could have been a little bit more to help keep it from getting stale not even change him just just change it up a little bit here and there and they do sometimes i mean when he actually gets well monster girlfriends which happens a couple of times in this show for some reason that happens like at least four times now that i think about it yeah but like when that happens and you see a little bit more of his serious side it breaks up the monotony of him just being a goofball and that's fine but I think they do it a little too. They don't. They don't do it enough to the point where it's like, all right, I I I think I have to take a break before I start hating you. <laughs> I think that's a fair assessment. Again, assessment, assessment. But I think again, where this is a very atypical kind of show. Kind of show. You need to kind of come on with that view set of this is not the typical hero. And I can understand again where it gets a little repetitive. Personally, I didn't think it got repetitive or stale because while again the characters stayed the same the situations kept getting more and more ridiculous and more and more surreal and the way the characters reacted to it were consistent enough where you could kind of see where Inoue was going to go with a lot of the jokes but at the same time he was still able to hit we hit you with curveballs yeah yeah I, like I, I think again I think that's a fair point to say again I just I just feel like I think I shouldn't have binged it back to back. I don't think that was a good idea for me because it did start wearing on me. But again, that's also because it's weird to say, but this entire show kind of feels like Inoue was writing his comedic episode before the final arc starts every episode. And (laughs) it felt like that every single time, especially when we get to the fucking finale. What the actual fuck was that dude <laughs> i don't even know where that came from i don't i think that was just a no being like we got canceled so fuck it i don't care anymore um which it kind he, of summarizes he didn't care from episode one well he cared less i think that kind of summarizes the last like 10 episodes is fuck it who cares um <laughs> we're canceled who cares <laughs> it pretty much he's like oh i only have like six episodes left out just fuck it i don't know kids uh, kill the main bad guy <laughs> Uh, there's a, the, the entire finale is a fucking Elseworld story now. All right, cool, whatever. Who cares? But see, I think with Akira, 
even though he did get on my nerves, it helped that he had side characters that kind of diluted him. Not, I shouldn't say dilute him, but helped out a bit. Like, I kind of, I, I mean, let's let's talk about the secondary hero, Hayami. I liked Hayami a lot. I don't know what it is about this guy, but I liked him a lot. You know what he reminded me of? He reminded me of a more socially awkward Uchi from fucking Kyoryuji. <laughs> That's a fair good. Yeah, he's that, um... He's very much that sort of stock hero character, you know. You see that a lot in these kind of shows. So it's interesting seeing him as, like, the secondary character, where the standard hero is not the actual hero, which is a fun di- uh, dichotomy there. Yeah. And um, a lot of his, his character arc with uh, Akira is mostly just him seething, because he was supposed to be <laughs> Yeah, it is. Uh, but because of, uh, again, a pure coincidence he ends up losing the power to him and so most of the show is him getting pissed the fuck off because akira is just a total scumbag and he's like are you're supposed to be a superhero goddammit! stop being a womanizing greedy bastard but at the same time hayami's able to carry his own humor not playing off of uh akira because again because he is that kind of typical hero archetype i think in no way plays with that well because I'm not. Nece- I wouldn't necessarily say he's not a fan of it, but he he very rarely writes that stock Toku hero from like the Showa era. So he's kind of very much a parody of that, where he's he's overly obsessed with helping people to the, his own detriment. Yeah. Like, like there's an early episode where he just starts doing random chores for people, or he'll like help out a random old man with his ramen card, or just ran. He, you know, he'll randomly <laughs> get involved. Like. There's one where, uh, like, some teenage delinquent convinces him that, you know, she's an orphan and your her, par- her foster parents need money for surgery. So he just starts doing odd jobs for her. Just I mean, dude, dude my calm. favorite one, this like, just out of a hat, my favorite one was uh, <laughs> where we have one of the dark seeds uh, wanting, like, a fucking... It, basically, Akira simps for a dark seed, as usual. And he's like, oh, well, dude, like, she's an orphan, and her parents beat her, and she's only got three days to live. And Hayama's like, bro, just take my credit card, man. Yeah. Take it. It's, it's got no limit. It's like, bro, what the oh, fuck? Yeah. But see, yeah, like, that, that's why I like Hayami, and that's why I don't... That's why... I, if Akira was the only one in this show, I don't think I would have liked it as much. But with Hayami being there to balance him out, both of them make a really damn good pairing. Especially yeah. when they have them... Um, like, like Akira's basically manipulating him to like, hey, dude, it's a fucking plan. You got to go along with it, you know? <laughs> like, one of my one of my favorite ones still is uh, where he's trying to teach Hayami how to fucking flirt with people. <laughs> that shit was fucking that was stellar. Good. That was a good one. Yeah. I, <laughs> especially I like... towards the end, right? Oh, sorry. <laughs> like, especially, toward, especially at the end where it's like they see him still trying to flirt with people and he's like, should we help him? Nah, just. Yeah, leave him be. he'll figure it out eventually. He'll figure it out. <laughs> but yes, that uh, that gullibleness that he has is is a nice part of his character because that again that gives him a thing separate from just being the the I want to be the real hero kind of guy and you know being the uh, the straight man to Akira's antics because he's able mm-hmm. to get into his own antics and I like that angle there too because he's just such a gullible dolt that he he just blunders into schemes more than Akira ends up blundering into schemes personally. Uh, which I like. I like that aspect of his character too. Um, to the point where like even his own friends, like beyond Akira, who is not, who's barely qualified to be his friend, 
even like the other Psyduck members and uh, Akira's assistants, even they take advantage of him because he's just that easy to manipulate. Because he's just <laughs> he's just that that eager to be a hero. And it's so it's so fun seeing them just like trick him into doing the stupidest things. I like him though, and that's the thing. Like that that's why I like him so much because he's such a contrast to Akira that it's like, yeah, this show works with them because it's just the fuck it's just they just mix so well oh, yeah. and of course eventually he does become a hero what what the fuck was the name blader the blader the blader the blader the blader okay it's, it's uh, trademarked who, and i'm gonna bring this up now before i forget was actually supposed to be an entirely different show uh no Really? I, I couldn't tell. They were so uh, consistently designed. I mean, more in the sense that, like, Shanzarian was going to be, like, a, like a franchise, kind of. Like, this was going to spin off, and he was going to be the hero of the spinoff. Um, and, of course, when the show got canceled, that didn't end up happening, but they had the suit anyways. Uh, which is why he's only in, like, three episodes. That's it's like I said. Uh, it's like I said in the server. He's just a really buff eco gander. <laughs> he does. Comments really if look you like actually know what that fucking is. He does look like him too, which is the weird. Right. Thing. It's, except with like the hair. Again, yeah. if you know what that is, you're a fucking nerd. <laughs> yeah. Oh. But yeah, I I did like I like that he ended up getting powers, and they they do a fun gimmick at it too, where they play with his usual his his personality up to that point where he's like again he acts more like the stock hero but he's so gung-ho for helping people he'll just fucking drop drop the monster fight he'll be in the fight with a one of dark side's monsters and he'll just stop because he hears somebody screaming like you know half a mile away and he'll drop whatever he's doing to just go help them out which is which is the funniest thing because he he does it consistently like there's the big big uh final arc there where he's trying to save uh Eddie from getting murderized and he's like he's about to kill the monster and then he hears some little girl screaming about a cockroach and he just he just drops the monster and fucking runs <laughs> off <laughs> I, I that's why I like his character so much he's fucking great he's so good Um, now we have to talk about Akami now we have to talk about Eddie <laughs> now we have to talk about Rui uh, now dude to- I don't dude okay Real, real talk. Okay, real talk. The fact that they just legitimately wrote off Akami was like, oh, what the fuck, really? Oh wow, uh, shit. That's not a bait, especially because they they did a bait and switch earlier on in the series. So they I was did. like, oh, they're doing it again. Like, come on, really? You're gonna do? Th- oh, oh, she's gone. Oh, what the fuck? She's actually like, gone. Like when the episode ended. On a cliffhanger with her walking away and not returning, it was like, oh, okay, so the next episode, Akira's going to get into some trouble, and he's going to, you know, she's going to have to drop her dreams to come back because she realizes, you know, oh, well, I'm more at home here. No, she's gone for the rest of the Dude, show. <laughs> legit, that, like, really caught me off guard. I was like, whoa, okay. I mean, she comes back in the last episode for she some comes, reason. She comes back three different times, one of which actually matters. Um, so there's one episode the where, uh, she ends up, they end up running into her basically by pure coincidence. And because Akira's replacement for her is just so horrible at her job that she kind of forces her way back into her old position, uh, which is a fun little episode. 
Uh, and then she has a brief cameo in a later episode, the aforementioned one where Akira is forced to confront all of his many, many, many girlfriends, uh, where she basically just shows up. He's like, yeah, he's a piece of shit. I don't know why people like him. Uh, <laughs> more or less. And then there's the yeah. last episode. I, <laughs> you, you know I, what? It, you know what it is, Jay? You know what I do like about the fact that she does come back those couple of times? Um, is the fact that they kind of write it in a way where, well, she's not working with him, but that doesn't mean she's not, she doesn't exist in the town. Yeah. I like that where even though she's not involved with the plot anymore, that doesn't mean she's not still there. And I do like that. That that's a very atypical thing that these, these shows tend to do where once they're done with a character, they're just kind of gone. Like they, <laughs> they, never they don't exist anymore unless they're just that popular, but you very rarely does that happen. But, but I like that idea where it's just like, well, yeah, she's, She's still here, guys. It's not like she's dead. No. I, li- I like that. That's that's one of Inoue's strong suits. He he does little weird things like that that I appreciate. Um, Then we get Eddie, who is just... I mean, she's she's fine, I guess. She's, she's, she's a character, She I doesn't think. really do a whole lot in the later parts of the series. Early on, they have, like, a rivalry with her and Akami, which is basically just, like, girl problems, pretty much. It's kind of... A, it's a generic cat fight kind of thing and ha you're an old lady ha you are small ugly i don't know <laughs> the the one that really it kind of got on my nerves was the one where like they were wearing the exact same outfit throughout the whole episode <laughs> and i was like guys just wear a different outfit what the fuck well, one of us has to change yeah that one, that one was kind of dumb although that was the one with the the fucking haunted stuffed animals right that was awesome. yeah, yeah. That one, that one was good just because at the end where that? they they go into full fucking SWAT gear with rocket launchers and machine guns to go kill a bunch of stuffed animals. That actually uh, did catch me off guard when I first saw it. I was like, "Wait, what the fuck? What are we like, doing I saw, here?" I saw it in the preview of like, "Oh, this is gonna be a weird episode, isn't it?" And it was comparatively speaking one of the less weird episodes of this show which should tell you a lot about what <laughs> well, kind of we'll show we'll get to the mackerel is. in a second uh um then we got rui who dude i don't even remember when she came in she just kind of appeared she showed up like two episodes after akami left just kind of like by coincidence she was just she was the victim of a week in an unrelated plot line that she just kind of she just kind of stuck around for. She's just like, well, Akira's a fucking dipshit, so somebody might as well be here to help him Dude, out. Dude, what happened to Meg? I don't know. She, she was kinda... like, she was like actually a character for a second there, and I was like, she's just gone. Oh, she was just oh, gone. Wait. That's right. When the uh, when he gets the the three replacement ones and he's doing the tryouts, yeah, she uh, she robs him and then fucks off. That's right. That's what happened. <laughs> I, I seriously like I was I was trying to remember every character in the show and I was like, what happened to the parfait chick? She just kind of fucked up. Oh, that's right, her. I fucking forgot about her. <laughs> I don't. She never really. I was like, actually, I was when Akemi left. I was expecting her to replace her as his assistant. Well, and yeah, because she's the only one. That, like, yeah. I, not only that, but she like. <laughs> In one, in a few episodes, like an episode, she like becomes an actual like, not not plot point, but like bait or something. What the fuck was that? Yeah, dude? She she gets involved for exactly one plot and then never gets mentioned again. Uh, uh, poor Meg. 
I don't I, know. As I, usual. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. I I kind of like Rui's dynamic with Akira a little bit more with Akami's because she's very much a more exaggerated version of Akira and he's kind of forced to be a more responsible person around here, which if this was a less episodic comedic show would be an interesting angle for Akira. But unfortunately for, well, unfortunately for some people who might want that, this is Shanzarian and we don't, we don't have character development. Um, we don't, we don't do plot lines. They, they set up her, her backstory in the episode after she debuts, which is the most obvious twist imaginable where uh, she's a super duper rich girl. Who's the daughter of some ultra mega corporation and she just kind of doesn't want to be involved. So she, that's why she's bumming around with Akira, which is a fun little angle for her. But um, she doesn't really do a whole lot, much like Akami, who never really did a whole lot. She doesn't do a whole lot either. So she does feel very superfluous, um, which I think is understandable because <coughs> she just she just disappears during the final arc. And then, no, not even in the final arc. She disappears in the episode before the final arc, which was a bizarre shit post episode that was about the show the the actual show being preempted by a weird special broadcast but but the events of the episode are intertwined with the special broadcast dude she just i don't just know write, man they write, wrote write her out halfway through the episode it's like oh uh her father died and now she has to inherit the company bye and then just never mention her again so something tells me that like in no way just loves the idea of just writing people off just for shits and giggles. I wouldn't be he's surprised. Just, he's just like, oh, uh, you, I want to write you off. Why? I don't know. It's just funny to me. Pretty much. <laughs> um, But that's pretty much. Oh, well, I mean, that's pretty much all the hero characters. Well, speaking well, of uh, writing off a character for no real reason because it's fun, uh, the chief of Psyduck. Um, who's... <laughs> I love he doesn't running. even get written off. No, he literally just disappears halfway through the show, and then he comes back right near the end, which confused both me and AJ. I didn't realize that he just kind of disappeared until like the episode he came back by pure coincidence, mind you. I was, I was just kind of like thinking I was like because I saw him again in the opening after like ten episodes. I was like, oh yeah, he hasn't been around, has he? And then he shows up in the episode because plot. But then AJ, AJ realized it, like, I don't know, like, three or four, like, immediately, pretty much, kind of. I think you figured it out before I did. It was because, like, I, I, okay, so I noticed it mainly because he used to always hang around Eddie and Hayami. Because every single time they'd come in, he'd be there, or he'd come in to explain something or say some stupid shit. But then he just stopped, and I'm just like, where did he go? Did, did I miss something? Did I skip an episode that I wasn't supposed to? Or, like, what the fuck? <laughs> so, like, I legit went back to watch, like, like all of the 20s and stuff like that. And I'm just like, no. No, he's he just, just he, not he, here anymore. He just vanishes. Um, I think that kind of says a lot about what his role in the show is. Because I, I do like him early on because he's a very atypical. He's kind of the antithesis to the usual, like, mentor chief character where... He's not actually anybody important in the organization, and he's a fucking broke asshole, much like Akira. <laughs> I he... actually like that. Where he's like, "I'm, I'm the, I'm the 
the the the chief. I I I make all the I get all the weapons and stuff, but we don't have any money. Like they set that up in like episode three when they're building the robot pals. It's like, well, sir, we need better quality equipment. Why are you forcing us to use such low quality equipment? He's just like. He does this very dramatic, like he takes his like smoking pipe out of his mouth and does this dramatic zoom, and he's like, "We don't have the money for it," and that's it. That's it. That's I fucking the end of the scene. love that. I fucking he's, love that so much. He's constantly being really stingy, and like, like Hayami mentions uh, bailing out Akira for cash, and then the chief is just like, "You're serious about that?" And like, and everybody looks at him. He's like, "Oh, we built this uh, new super base, and I mortgaged my house for it. I'm basically broke and homeless now." <laughs> It's he, he was trying to find a way to like charge Akira for using their fucking equipment at one point. <laughs> oh man, if I carry a three, I can charge him a lot of money. I, <laughs> I love that. It's so good. I like that. They don't really play with the relationship with the full organization that much. Like, there's one episode very early on where somebody who's like actually somebody in the organization shows up and is like is talking about what a waste of talent in space he is, and they never bring it up again, which is, again, in a more episode, less episodic comedic show, I think that would be wasted opportunity. And here it's kind of annoying, but at the same time, like, he's a not even really secondary character. At at best, <laughs> he's like a tertiary character. Dude, he I'm doesn't not going to really lie. I'm not going to lie. I was half expecting, like like a higher up of his to come out and be like, dude, Psyduck doesn't exist. It's only you three assholes. We did it as a joke. Like, yeah, that's I what like, I was expecting. I was expecting to be like, we literally didn't think any of this was real. Or like they get shut down. They have to get shut down or like he gets fired for incompetence because he's such like, like he's such bad. And like, they like, again, that would be in a, a funny angle where like he disappears because he got fired. And like, that's why he's not here anymore is because he's, He's basically broke and homeless. Like that'd be, that would be like such a no way thing to do. But no, he does just kind of vanish for no real reason. And then he comes back. And then he comes back because I guess he was off in the fucking Mayan temples of Yor, and he found a, a portal to the other dimension, and he found a special MacGuffin. Uh, and this confused AJ because he was under the assumption that they destroyed the entire dimension. And this was not just a metaphor for meaning that it is a lifeless hellhole now. And well, see, like that—that's—that's—that's that's, that's kind of how he even worded though, it. Even when though he in the, said that. the first fucking episode that they go there, we see them in there still in the first episode. That's why I'm saying, like, when he mentioned that offhandedly, I thought, "Wait, what? Why are you talking about it? Like, it, like if it was in ruins, just say that. Like, if it's actually destroyed, I was like, "Wait, what? Like, wait." Okay, I thought I missed something there for a second. Well, that's probably a translation thing there. So that's probably more than likely. Years, but more than likely. At, but it really the, did catch me off guard. <laughs> I just I think your reaction to that was funnier too because it's like AJ, it was a metaphor. Don't take it too seriously. How the fuck this am is, I supposed to know? This it's is the no way we're talking about. This is t- exactly, this is Toshiki Inoue. Don't take anything seriously. Even the serious moments, don't take them seriously. I only took the last episode seriously. Which is good, because that's the most serious episode. Uh. <laughs> um, let's talk about uh, the villains. Uh, uh, Gauzer? Gozer? The, 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 three, the three big bads, quote-unquote, are... They just kind of exist. Uh, there is 
the, the priest dude Mordos, I think his name was, who I hated his voice. He was really annoying. Um, and he just kind of he shows up as the monster of a week in one episode and then dies completely randomly, which actually that happens to most of the villains in this show is that their involvement is a random monster of the week and they die randomly. Like two of yeah. the three generals are just random monsters of the week and they just die as a monster of the week. Like Akira doesn't even realize that they're anybody important. He just kills them like a normal monster. <laughs> uh, it, it almost feels like they weren't supposed to be generals. They were just, well, they're monsters. Of the, well, they're monsters that were just following. And like, if that's the idea, I guess, but like, even a, like you said, Akira's just like, who the fuck was that? <laughs> like was in the in the the episode where the uh, the big fat one, I think his name was Vins or something like that. Uh, yeah, he's he again. He's not even identified as being one of the generals. He just shows up for a completely unrelated plot where he's he's killing old people, and that's it. He just gets killed, and there's no. There's no circumstances at all that make set him up as anything significant. He just gets, he just dies. I, I remember the, uh, the parrot one, the one with the parrot, uh, when he dies, like the next episode, they're like, Oh yeah, we kept all of his alarm in the parrot. <laughs> and it's just in the parrot. Now it's not, it doesn't, it's not, it doesn't, it's not alive. It's like a wooden parrot that we're just going to have here. And it never and the, comes up again. And then no, no, it does. It does what? come up again. Because the, the parrot flies off because apparently the parrot was like uh, the seal to some ancient prison to a, a dark side who was who was so unbelievably evil and powerful that they had to lock them up. And by unbelievably evil and powerful, they mean it was Xandar's ex-wife and she was just a really, really clingy bitch. Uh, and the, the, entire, the entire episode of her debut is her falling in love with Akira and becoming a creepy stalker. I it's remember great. that. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the bird just kind of blows itself up to free her and then it's never mentioned again. <laughs> what is this show, dude? I, like, I'm trying, like, the more, like, okay. The more I think back on this show, the more I'm, tr I'm actually trying to separate what is, what ha what actually happened in the show and what was the hallucination for me not sleeping? Because I'm not going to lie. There's even an episode about that. Because I'm not going to lie. Most of what we're talking about happened in the show and the hallucinations from sleeping is a fucking goose egg right now. Oh, yeah. It's fucking weird, dude. <laughs> I love this but, show. Yeah, the the only actual main villain who has any significance of the main big bad trio is uh, the big general Xandar, um, who is just kind of a very stock Toku villain. Uh, I like his design. I like that he's got like the, the split helmet over his head that opens up and you see like the actor's eyes underneath the very creepy visual but he just kind of he just kind of exists like later on i think in a way just got bored with him and he just starts becoming a monster of the week sometimes like there's one where fucking akira becomes an actor in a movie and he's just the monster of the week for no real reason <laughs> but then he doesn't get blown up because obviously he's important uh and then there's the the later episode where a bunch of dark sides who all have human forms and he shows up and he's fucking dr kemp from live man uh which is weird that they cast him and then still had a different voice actor for his monster form unlike everybody else uh but i guess that's what happens when you decide later on oh yeah i'm gonna give him a human form 
which I was actually surprised they they kept having him show up. I thought it was just going to be like a one off thing. But no, he he kept showing up in his human form later on. It 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 kind of really did catch me off guard, too, because, again, they build him up and they build him up and they build him up. And in no way, it's just like, eh, fuck eh, it. Fucking whatever. Whatever. Uh, just go back. And then and then we have uh, the villager from Minecraft, a.k.a. Gowser. Uh, dude get Ga- i was almost gonna say i was almost gonna say lois griffin but that would have been too mean <laughs> uh, gowser aka that guy from agito and fies and kiva and like three other shows that i'm blanking on um dude i'm not you- gonna lie for like literally half a second half a second i thought it was ichijo <laughs> well they have that very similar jaw structure and haircut <laughs> that was the 90s, bro. It was the 90s. No, dude. Oh, my God. Speaking of 90s, did you see the fuck? I know you had to. Did you see the guy with the vanilla ice haircut in that one episode? <laughs> yeah. Like, he was dead set. He wasn't even a character. He was just some guy right in front of the camera. And I was, and it caught me, like, so off guard. I was like, whoa, the 90s, bro. <laughs> this shit was surprisingly not as 90s as I was expecting it to be. Uh, it's 90s the fact that Sega is relevant, uh, mostly because, of course, They're Sega... fucking Virtual Fighter! Well, that's mostly because Sega produced this show and funded all the toys, but, you know. Uh, actually, that being said, despite them being the main sponsor and main producer of the show, their involvement is actually very minimal. Like, their, their name doesn't show up in the credits anywhere in the show or on any real production logs or anything. I don't even think fucking Wikipedia, because there's a fucking Wikipedia article for, for the show somehow. I don't even think that mentions Sega's involvement. It's because they're too afraid of Inoue. <laughs> Maybe. Um, other than like a couple of episodes, like and a couple little tiny details, you wouldn't really know that they're involved. Like, like Akira has a Sega Saturn in his office, and they play Virtual Fighter a couple times. But this was fucking 1996. So uh, no, Jay. Been... Jay, Phil told me it's a Sega Dreamcast. Well, you know what? Well. Phil is fucking dumb and he doesn't know video games, all right? Yeah, this is true. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, like, other than, like, they play Virtua Fighter on Akira's Sega Saturn that he keeps around in his office slash apartment. Completely randomly, by the way. Completely randomly. Um, again, this was 1996, so, like, yeah, okay, they probably, it, they could have just have bought a net just for a decoration. And, you know, other than that, Sega's only real involvement is that they go to some of the special Sega branded arcades a couple of times and you see a banner of Sonic and uh, Tails. And I loved every single time it popped up. I was like, oh shit, it's that. It's the banner, dude. It's the Sonic see, flag. Like, <laughs> like, even when they're in the arcade, right? Like, uh, like the scene where he's trying to get like the stuffed animal. Mm. I'm like, why wouldn't they play? I don't know. Fucking Afterburner or some shit. It's just like, why, why wouldn't you play like an actual Sega game? Why, why are you like giving like an off brand claw machine it's so weird i don't i don't know like you see a couple in some later episodes like in a later episode i see i saw daytona usa and i saw virtua cop and I th- oh my god that's right virtua cop was there one <laughs> th- other game i saw one other really famous 90s sega game but i don't remember which one other than those time two. crisis uh time crisis was namco actually if i remember correctly um, oh, okay 
anyways same uh, fucking company somebody's somebody's gonna correct me on that you know what i know i'm gonna be wrong but i kind of hope i'm not because i fucking loved time crisis 2 when i was a kid i played that game so fucking much uh um, real real time uh real time fact checking uh y- yes it was by bandai namco yes i win okay actually it was fucking oh yeah there you go so anyways uh, um yes Besides the point, uh, their involvement is actually very minimal. Who who the fuck were we talking about beforehand? Uh, Gowser. Uh, I don't know how we went on a tangent about Sega. Because um, Sega does, but Gowser don't. Gowser is, he's basically the anti-Akira early on, where he's a refined gentleman with refined tastes, and he's very cultured. And he's like, he has that same kind of job where he helps people. He's like... He's a, I forget what exactly they say. He's like, not necessarily like a psychiatrist. He's just like a, like a life coach for dark sides who are just sick and tired <laughs> of being humans. I love, he's, a, he's a social worker. He's a social worker. I fucking love that element too, where the monsters hate humanity, not because of whatever perceived reasons, but because humanity is just that awful. They're like, human society is the fucking worst. Why are yeah. we doing this? I actually really like that angle where it's like <clears throat> my favorite one was the uh, was the guy who just couldn't stop drinking. It's like, well, dude, look at my he, fucking job. Look at my life. I have the, to drink or I kill myself. The monster became alcoholic. And there's a there's one where uh, Mo- Mordos is talking. It's like one of one of my uh, personal minions became neurotic and tried to kill himself. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how he tried to kill himself. Like one of the monsters tried to commit suicide. Dude. It's, it's so ridiculous. It's such an interesting idea. And I'm surprised that it's like at all, even in the show, that's this goofy fucking comedy. There's just this. I'm surprised they've never tried stealing it for something else. Yeah. There's just this random subplot about, like, humanity is the real monsters and the monsters hate us for reasons because we're just awful people. I've It's so weird. But Gowser is, like, he's this refined gentleman of, like, high standing and he's trying to help his fellow monsters. And, like, other than the fact that, like, he also kills people, uh, he would otherwise be, like, a good guy. But I like it because, like, Akira is just such a fucking scumbag that he's he immediately cements himself as his rival. And I like that too where AJ was kinda talking we were talking about it a little bit when AJ was catching up, but like he kinda stops being a bad guy after his first appearance. Even in his first appearance, he's not necessarily a bad guy. Cause like his he's trying to help keep the masquerade of the monsters, and he's like, listen, if you keep attacking people i'm gonna have to put you down bro i'm helping you as best i can but you're making life worse for all of us <laughs> and i like that idea yeah. of like, he's like uh he's policing his own kind that he's trying to help him out and again it leads to him hating akira not only because like somebody like such a giant piece of shit like him is the ultimate warrior of their the ultimate enemy of their race but at the same time like because they're basically the same person. I like that too. They're very, I, I love their dynamic too, where they'll just like run into each other and it's just, it's on site. Like something completely unrelated, <laughs> something completely unrelated could be happening at all. Akira could be doing something completely unrelated 
or Gallagher could just be fucking driving by on his way to a meeting or whatever. And they see each other and immediately they're just ready to throw down. I love it. <laughs> it's great. It's, it's such a great dynamic of that kind of rivalry where <clears throat> their their ideological differences are very minimal. They just fucking hate each other. And it leads to Gowser being like, he's not even necessarily a bad guy most of the time because he'll he'll work against his own people just to fucking try and kill Shanzarian. Like there's the See, one where I, I like the idea of that because I, I like the idea of that mainly because it kind of comes off as dude, we came to this place because it's better than the shithole we came from. Stop killing people. Enjoy it or something. And then of course when Akita comes in, he's like, oh fuck it, I'm gonna kill this guy. It's it's honestly a very interesting metaphor where like, uh, like, I know this is, this is probably me thinking too hard, but it's like, it's the idea, idea of you escape strife, but then you're creating the same strife in your new environment, thus perpetuating the cycle. Look, it's a very... Inoue was super red-pilled writing this, so I'm not oh, going to be surprised. This show was insanely red-pilled to a degree that I am genuinely shocked about. Like, <laughs> so his, I'm pretty sure he might have he might have done that on purpose. It, you know what? It might have been intentional, for all I know, with uh, with this show. But at the same time, it's like again, there's like just random episodes where he's like, "Oh, the idol interesty sucks. Oh, the police are unreliable. Oh, you know, like stuff like that." Just randomly, he'll talk. He'll just randomly have characters drop lines like that, where it's just random tangents about like society and stuff why would i want to vote you're all, all you politicians are the same yeah he's like there's an episode where uh gowser tries to get elected and by tries this is actually one of the few major status quo changes of the show uh where akira's just like who fucking cares elections are rigged anyways all politicians are <laughs> all politicians are a bunch of fucking evil scumbags anyways who cares and then he finds out that Gowser is running. He's like, oh, fuck it. Now I got to put my hat in this ring. <laughs> and he's, of course, like, there's that great balance where they're both making these grandiose claims about what they're going to do. But Akira is, of course, a giant scumbag goofball. So he's just making up random shit off the top of his head. But like, like Gowser is trying to act like he's, you know, he's more sophisticated. He knows what he wants. But at the same time, all of his claims are just empty platitudes about how he's going to change society. He never really says like what he's planning on doing, which is really interesting too, because then they get to the election and they're basically neck and neck for the entire thing. Uh, but one of the few major status quo, the only real status quo change in this show, other than uh, Akami leaving is that Gowser wins the election. <laughs> he actually gets elected and becomes governor of Tokyo. Uh, which I was, I was expecting it to be like a joke, right? I was expecting it to be like, Oh, he won this district, but then he failed in every single other one because he wasn't, you know, doing his job right. And it's back to status quo. No, they they actually have him win the election and that that remains a part of the show for the rest of the run. Uh, I really I thought that was really interesting, too. Uh, they don't play with it too much up until the end when he goes full psycho and declares himself emperor and declares Tokyo as a dude he goes his full, own he independent goes full, nation state he goes full third Reich, dude literally honestly literally because he then he starts he starts introducing like 
eugenics okay, plans. He's like, hunt down the people with the lowest attention and weed out the weak because we want to make the strongest warriors. And he's planning on full on, full on taking over the world as their new god king. Like Literal genocide. Literal genocide is what he's planning. <clears throat> and it, come, it honestly kind of comes out of nowhere with him. Where... Because up to that point, he was a very morally ambiguous character. Like, where there's one episode after he became governor where he's kind of talking about it with Xandar, and he's like, you know what? Fuck Darkseid. Fuck you guys. Fuck restoring the Dark Dimension. Fuck all this shit. I'm just gonna do my own thing from here on. And then for that most part, he's like, he kind of hates humanity, but he's still kind of helping them to keep up his image. And they have this... Another weird thing they is they have a they have Eri and him f- like fall in love like legitimately because they set that up in his first debut where she starts falling for him because he's you know he's much like Akira he's a womanizer but Gowser does it because he eats women because he's a monster uh, they kind of yes. set that up and they have that as like a weird angle where like maybe Eri actually likes him maybe he doesn't you know but Gowser like actually does like her beyond just the fact that like he's a monster and he eats women. And I like they actually hook up for a little bit near the end of the show too, which actually kind of surprised me. I know AJ was surprised about that too. I I was surprised because they didn't pull a fucking bait and switch at all. They didn't put up. They they didn't do a thing of, nah, I'm actually evil and I just wanted to eat your coochie. And Eri was like, oh no, I actually just hate your guts. I was just doing this to fuck with you. No, they legitimately like each other. And I was like, oh. Okay, I, I kind of fuck with this. I'm with this. Good job, Minoe. You wrote a ro- you wrote a romance that didn't make me want to commit seppuku. <laughs> I think that's uh, that's two out of um, like how many other shows have he's written? Look, look, it's not it's not the quantity, it's the quality, and nothing's enough. gonna make nothing's gonna make up for trying to go back in time to abort myself. <laughs> Nothing. Still, I still love that one. I still can't believe I can't wait till we would do Kiva one of these days. Didn't we already do Kiva? No, I, I'm talking. Well, we didn't rewatch it. Remember, the criteria is that we didn't rewatch it. I think that was the first time you watched it, though. That's right. Yes, that that was. Um. Anyways, beyond the fact, um, yeah. So it, it is kind of weird how out of nowhere his whole God Emperor of Tokyo plan came. Uh, and how quickly he falls into full-on psycho dictator mode. Because up to that point, like, he was relatively subdued and relatively, like, not necessarily, like, noble, but he had... He actually seemed like he cared to a degree beyond just keeping up his image. Yeah, exactly. Uh, which which makes his death so much insane. Even oh, my crazier. God. J, 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 J. <laughs> we need to set this up. Okay. We need to set this up. No, you know what? Let, let me let me let me do this. I I, I need to I'll, set this up. I'll I'll pass this one off to AJ this time because I'm usually the one who does this. <laughs> so <laughs> So Gowser uh he basically does go up through with his fucking fourth Reich bullshit, you know. All that bullshit. All of that. And he starts killing kids' parents. In front of the kids, basically. Obviously not knowingly, but the kids do see this and all that stuff. To the point where the kids begin to arm themselves with guns that fell off a fucking truck. And somehow, somehow, as 
Gowser is going on his fucking merry way. They fucking JFK his ass. And they start <laughs> shooting him with a fucking revolver that shoots lasers. Well, the main kid does at least. But the rest of his classmates in an act of rebellion throw grenades at the guy. And kill him. He's I think, dead. No, no. The the key thing that you missed is that earlier in the episode, he had established himself as the one true god of society. By oh yeah, that's right, that's he, right. He, he, he literally dictator. <laughs> he went full. He went full uh, Chinese Communist Party and installed himself as the new god king by like. He's <laughs> like, who is the most important person in the world? It's like you have all the kids answering. You know, like first kid says God first of all like okay kid you're setting a high standard here um he's like he establishes himself as like the most important person in society dude he like, puts those fucking he puts those fucking headshot portraits that you see in literal fucking communist party China that's, again literally he does what that he puts fuck? he has his photo displayed in like offices and stuff and like he, <laughs> he brainwashes the kids into thinking he's like the most important person ever and then and then this one kid sees his dad get fucking murdered because he's a waste of space after being told after telling another kid like no the governor's not hunting down people you're crazy insert name here and then he sees and then the kid fucking goes catatonic and is wheelchair bound <laughs> because of the shock of it and like they they wheel the kid in front of Gowser. it's like look what you've done look what you've done huh and then but then the fucking kid finds goes to the border and he sees like the fucking armed militia they're setting up and he sees another girl like kid who had her father taken and then they just kind of end up on a truck by accident where they find all the weapons and then that again leads into to where they fucking jfk his ass like the the shit it goes fucking like like i swear to god i know i must have been watching death wish or something when he wrote this episode because it is just it's such a fucking ridiculous thing that's the funniest part too is that he's like he's the only significant villain and Shazarian doesn't even kill him. A bunch I was of about to say that. Kids kill the him. main the main hero doesn't kill the main villain. The guy the person who kills him is a fucking fifth grader. Fu- Not only is it a fifth grader, but like <laughs> they give him like a really dramatic death scene too. He's like, shoot me! Shoot me! Prove to the me kid, you're not scared, boy! You're not scared of you kids like, yeah, prove it. Prove it, shoot me again. And Prove it, you kid bitch. just unloads into him. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they even give him the full-on death scene where he, like, he fucking falls into a fucking lake. Like, what the fuck is going on? I was like, I was watching this happen with absolutely no expectations of what was going to happen. And I see, I see the kids in the back of the truck and he's looking at the gun and the grenades. I'm like, no. No, he's not going to do it. You know, he's not going to do it. He's not going to have the kid kill oh, Gowser. Mad man. <laughs> not only did the kid shoot Gowser, he fucking puts him down. I was expecting, like, him to walk in and, like, in the middle of the fight. And that's when that's when Gowser gets shot, like, in the middle of the fight with Shanzarian. No, Akira doesn't even know he died. He just gets murdered by a bunch of school children with weaponry. Dude, dude, I I swear to fucking God, when I saw that, I, uh, Jay, I had to pause. I had to pause and go outside for a second. I couldn't take it. I, I just, 
What in fuck was he no way thinking writing this? I, thinking... I seriously, I want to sit him the fuck down and ask him to his face. What was the thought process to Death Wish from preschool? What is this? My only my only guess is my the same answer I've had for most of the, the last chunk of the episodes, which is we've already been canceled. What are they going to do? Cancel us some more? Because <laughs> like it just it just fucking killed me. It just fucking killed me. Like, I don't I, I almost wanted to stop watching there because I was like, that's it. The show's over. I, there's nothing else for me to watch. The show's over. I'm, I I can just go. I can go home. That's it. Oh, the review's done. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was having that same reaction, too, where I was like, I saw that. I was like, there's one episode left. There is no conceivable way he can top this. And he fucking topped it somehow. Dude. Oh, my God. My. I, oh. Cause the, that that episode murdered me, and then it's followed by fucking dr- followed by fucking Inception. The fucking the final episode cuts to a dream world or another universe or both or neither. I don't know because it gets really meta, where Akira is like a serious superhero, and I think Darksiders like aliens or shit like. They're full-on alien invasion wiping out cities, and it's, like, their final dramatic last stand. Like, is like, a real soldier. It's, like, a real dramatic hero show because he's doing, like, the actual dramatic hero stuff, and it's, like... It, it's so weird because then it intercuts with... It, it's cutting back and forth between... Uh, I'm just going to label it Earth 1 and Earth 2. You've got Earth 2, Akira, and the gang, you know, in their last-ditch stand against the, the onslaught of Darkseid as humanity is facing extinction... And then you have Earth One, Akira, and the gang trying to find a lost dog and just getting into shenanigans. Uh, no, no, no. Which, the same lost dog from episode the, one. The same and con- lost and dog. coincidentally, Akira is wearing the same shit he wore in episode one as well. No, not only is no they. It is a shot-for-shot recreation of the opening of the first episode. I went back to double check, and it is almost identical, save for you know, a couple I, of different dialogues. Genius. And and then we're intercutting with like. The Akira is talking about like, oh, I was having a strange dream. Like, you got Earth Two Akira like telling the story about like, yeah, I'm like a deadbeat detective who's a, like a womanizer and and an asshole, and we're we're trying to find lost dogs. Like, he's like, why the fuck am I not living in this world? Like, I mean, sure, Dark Side's still there, but they're like a joke. They're not a serious threat. Like, why am why is this not my life? He's like, like Hayami, you're still there and you're our friends. Like, like the chief is there and he's like we're all friends and everything still exists and it's all nice and peaceful. And then you cut to earth one Akira who was talking about like, yeah, it was like fucking the world was being destroyed and Eri was a, a super villain and the chief died. And Hayami is like, like, like I'm a serious individual. Like I'm like, I'm like a real hero. I'm like, it's fucking terrifying. I hate it. Why would I, why, why does this exist? And there's both Akira's have that moment where like, maybe, Maybe this is the dream, and that's reality. Maybe none of this is real, and maybe nothing we do matters. They both have that same discussion with Hayami. And it's, both times, it's equally as fascinating, because you have the Earth 2 gang, where they're talking about, like, maybe, maybe we're basically already dead. Maybe because this is a dream, nothing matters what we do from here. And they're like, well, if this is a dream, we might as well, you know, 
put our all we might as well just you know stop caring about what happens to us and then you have the earth one gang talking about it and like hayabi's like akira don't be a dipshit all right this is not a dream like what are you talking about you have you have a job to do stop acting like a goddamn goofball stop falling asleep and do your job <clears throat> I, I love it i love it too because like even though it's it's like a series like, again he writes the earth two stuff 100 percent seriously like he usually does and it's still equally as gripping and fascinating as the rest oh, of the show it is. very much cj this is why when i saw that episode i had a theory what if jay what if he wasn't just trying to fuck with us what if this actually was what we were supposed to be seeing the whole time because the way they the way they talk about it so like indefinitely and the fact that it basically ends with the earth 2 shit anyways i'm like what if this was the fucking real show and we just missed all of it what if all of this shit was just Akira just wanting a really peaceful slacker life? And now he wakes up and it's like, well, shit, no, this is really where I am now. This is this is the reality of the situation. I'm just like, oh, God, man, don't tell me you pulled this off. You know, don't tell me you did this. No, honestly, no way. Honestly, you know what? If the show wasn't canceled, maybe that was the plan. Maybe like the last third of the show or whatever. We were going to have that the fucking shoe drop, and it turned out that everything up to this point was like a weird coma dream. And oh, no, I think the shoe still serious. dropped. I think the shoe the shoes, the shoes still dropped. I think it just works oh. ne- better now because it's the last episode. You know what? Yeah, no, I would agree with you there where I wouldn't necessarily say that might be his his entire plan for the show. I Because, I mean, there's no foreshadowing to it. Like, if this was his plan all along, I think he would have foreshadowed at least once or twice that this was the plan as there was supposed to be like a big dream sequence and that we're, we're just watching like an imaginary story. I think if that was his full plan for the show, he would have foreshadowed it at some point. But at the same time, I do like this as an ending of the show because it, it puts the entire rest of the show in a new context where maybe it was all fake. Maybe this was what we were supposed to be watching. Maybe we just got the streams crossed or whatever. I, I, this is supposed to be know. what Akira wanted. Like, the the life that he had in that dream was the one that he wanted to have. Yeah. And, like, I like that idea. I love that idea. Especially because, I, I again, this might have been a thing if the, it didn't get canceled. But, like, the idea of him wearing and for, for it to be a shot-for-shot shot remake of the first episode, I'm like, sometimes people have reoccurring dreams. Why, why, you know, it makes sense. I'm like, that would be, I, I, I love that idea because, you know, it doesn't, like you said, in no way doesn't necessarily say it, but just the fact that certain things in the episode imply it. I'm like, you know, I, please don't tell me you did this. You fucking hack. And oh, genius. Yeah. yeah I, I, I really thought that was very interesting because like at, at the end of the episode, he's like, cause I, I did go back and double check. It's like. Oh, in the first episode, he's like, oh, the dog got lost eight times. And then at the end, he's like, it's 16 times. And like, okay, so yeah, like, like, yeah, if this is like a reoccurring dream, then it would make sense that he keeps track of like stuff like that. Because, you know, it's like, oh, it's the same things happening again. Okay. Uh, and that's that kind of plays with the, the weird meta aspect of it, too. And again, if the show was longer, it would have been interesting to see if that was the plan. Like, it was just going to be like, oh, this was actually a serious show the entire time, and we've just been watching a hallucination. This show would be way, 
way more popular than it would than it is. I it's insane. It would be legitimately <laughs> the most insane thing that has ever been put on into Tokusatsu, uh, aside from maybe the ending of Vanny Nights. But that was more <laughs> insane just because like we didn't know what the fuck was happening. Well, see, okay. Again, I, I think the idea of it being the final episode still works, though, because, well, what the fuck? Like, yeah. it's literally, wait, it's literally, it was all a dream, only it works. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, It was what all a dream, fuck? but maybe maybe the dream was the dream, and maybe the show was real, but maybe the show wasn't real. Who knows? Um, <laughs> fuck you, Nolan. It means, more like, don't ask me what it means. I won't tell you. Ask me what it means. Ask me what it means. No. Yeah. Yeah, um, it it always it always like uh, it's like that one interview with David Lynch where he's just like, believe it or not, Shanzarian is my most spiritual show. Elaborate, no. <laughs> you know what? I would imagine that would be what happened if we ever got to talk to him. It's like, what the fuck was up with the ending of Shanzarian? It's like I I refuse to elaborate. He just walks off. <laughs> if you don't understand, you'll never understand. No, exactly. <laughs> but it it honestly it threw me for such a loop. When it happened, that I was like, you know what, you know what, you you deserve you deserve that cut before the final fight ending. You deserve that. You oh, yeah. fucking, you <clears throat> son of a bitch, you madman, somehow pulled it off. And I, what I especially love too is that the show ends with the Earth One gang not having defeated Darkseid. Like Xandar's still around. Most of the big bads are still around. The show, like. The fight isn't over for them. It's still going on. <laughs> that's that's another fun element, too, is that, like, who knows? Maybe that's just because, like, he wants to keep the dream going of, like, you know, he wants to make it so that, like, oh, I didn't die in vain. Or, like, oh, my struggles continued or something like that. Like, I love that idea. I really do love that idea. It's a, it's a great, it's honestly, <clears throat> for a, if, if it could be a twist ending, it'd be a great twist ending. Oh, it would yeah. be in a fantastic twist ending. And I, again, we, we'll never know. We'll never know. But maybe one day yeah, like, we'll be able to ask, you know, and he'll just strangle us. Yeah, like, if in no way didn't play it, like, comedy where he switches back and forth, like, it opens up with uh, Akira and the gang, and then it immediately cuts to the full serious episode from then on. Like, if that was played with, like, a more genuine twist, then, oh, hell yeah. This would be so cool, but... Again, where it does more of that meta aspect, too, I think that makes it even better, personally, than just a straight twist. Oh, definitely. Because, again, it fucks with you. It makes you really question, is he is he actually going for that? Or is he just fucking with me? What the hell's going on? It's great. It is great. <clears throat> so, um, so, we t so, before we get to our final thoughts, real quick, the suit, I love the, ch the Shinzerian suit. It's so wacky looking, but I love it. The all of the suits in the show are very fascinating. From Shanzarian himself, uh, who I'm gonna have a, a tiny little bit to, just to talk about once I'm done. But uh, there's the the super light knights as they call them, which are Akira's robot pals. Who they don't really have any character, so they just kind of like they just kind of show up to get involved. It's it kind of reminds me of Common Rider Black when uh when Kotaro is getting his ass kicked, so he has to call Battle Hopper for help. It's kind of like that where where Akira will be getting his ass kicked and he calls in one of the robot knights to to save him from the monster. I like that. I love that kind of funny. He's just like, yeah, I don't really care about being honest or fair fights. Fuck it, I'm gonna kill the monster. I don't care. 
Um, all of the monster suits are really unique. None of them. <clears throat> Excuse me. Other than uh, it was done by shit. Another name that I wrote down that I forgot. Um, let me just pull this up again. Sorry. Uh, Tomotsu Shinohara did the suit design, and if that name sounds familiar, it's because he's done like fucking every single Heisei Rider up until like Saber, basically. Um, so uh, yeah, uh, none of the monsters have any kind of coherent design elements, but I think that works in this kind of show where you don't really need to have that kind of coherent element to it. And I really love all the monster designs; they're all really unique and fascinating, and they've got all a lot of alien elements. They work in a lot of uh, prosthetic stuff with moving parts on the suits, and uh, I think I think Xandar and Gowser are my two favorite suits, mostly because they put the most money into them, so they look the best. Um, the Shanzarian suit as well. Uh, the the clear molded plastic is such a great concept for a design. It's such a unique look, and it's got the glittery parts kind of overlaid with the the more opaque clear plastic, and then the black undersuit. And you got the layers and stuff, and you got the cool face with the faceplate, and there's the big spinning disc tray in the chest that the robots have as well. I really love that element, and it is very understandable why they never tried to do a suit like this again, because this suit was a fucking death trap. Oh, um, yeah. So, so uh, I tried to find it again just to double-check the exact measurements, but the, this... The glamour suit, I guess, is the best way to put it. Like the fancier, more detailed one they use for like the the close up shots and like the poses and stuff. That was, I think, the heaviest tokusatsu shoot suit ever. Still, I I think it was like fucking a hundred and twenty kilograms. Last I remember reading, which is very very heavy. Uh, for comparison's sake, the heaviest common rider suit was decade up until i think relatively recently and decade was like 80 kilograms just, um, just for uh just for our non-euro folk uh 120 kilograms is 265 pounds yeah um poor poor jiro okamoto there are there are several scenes where he, when he's in like the fancy suit where you could literally see him struggling to move like you see him like like physically like having trouble standing up or like he'll do like a spin and like you can see that he's like he's having trouble like balancing himself it's super noticeable fucking and absolute unit for going through it exactly though. and then the the stunt suit is actually i'm surprised at how uh relatively seamless it is between the stunt suit like you can tell a lot of like the the elements around the head those are more opaque it's not quite as clear uh, but it's relatively seamless. Uh, even that was still super heavy. And I think that kind of leads into one of my bigger, one of my only real issues with the show is that the fight scenes just kind of suck. A lot of them are really boring and yeah. plotting, mostly because of the suits. And I think that's kind of like, and I think that's fine because most of the fights in this show don't matter. Cause like, like the, most of the episode is again, goofy nonsense. And then, uh, you know, I remember like, oh, yeah, there's a monster in this show, isn't there? Um, uh, and then he wins. Uh, <laughs> Basically. But the the suit design and all the prop design and everything is just absolutely gorgeous. Uh, honestly, um, honestly, most all the suit. Well, again, the hero suits are pretty good. I actually really like blade bladers. It's really nice for what it is. Oh, yeah. The, the blader is really good. And I think they kind of realized like. 
yeah, let's not try to do something like Shanzarian because it's very clearly all like very th- not necessarily thin, but flexible molded rubber because he's got that very rubbery look to him and not necessarily in like a bad way. He's a very it's a very interesting look in comparison. Yeah. Mm. But I like I like the suits again, you know. Jiro, you absolute unit for being able to put up with it. You must have a back of iron. But God Have you seen damn. the man? He is built like a brick shit house. He should be more. He should be in more stuff. He has been. He's in like, he's in, at least in once in every season. He was, uh, well, coincidentally, he was Oja. Um, Aww. I th- think he was Decamaster. And he's been, like, again, he's been at least in once every season pretty much of Sentai and Rider. So. Uh, so so what you're saying is that uh they didn't he's, build those muscles into the Deca Master suit. That was just him. Pretty much. He, uh, he is he just is, that ripped. He is he is the designated big guy for suits. Well, like big boy. See, like, <laughs> whenever you see a suit that is fucking massive or very heavily padded or just just overall very bulky, that's usually him. <laughs> what just cuz he's the only, he's the only one who could put up with it pretty much fucking chad he is man literally uh and last thing i want to say real quick that opening fucking rocks dude oh holy my God, the, shit the that whole soundtrack fucks. in the show is great but that opening so good as they slay as they say it's a slapper yes it's a slapper it's a it's fucking a great show i mean it's oh. a great fucking opening dude. <laughs> i love it mm. I, I i i legitimately like I had the uh, the English one blaring over uh, when I was uh, taking a shower over today. I was blaring that over my speaker, and I was like, God damn, this fucking song rocks. <laughs> this song is so good. What the fuck? Uh, the two ending songs are good. I like the second ending a little bit better than the first one, because the first one's a little dull, but the second ending is much more interesting. And then just the overall soundtrack is really good. It's got that kind of weird, like, techno electronica sometimes like industrial vibe to it as well it's it's very peculiar it's a very very good fit for this very strange show i I like the idea that they use for uh galzer where it's just classical music it's really cool though i wish Mm. they used swan lake a bit more because that song fucking rocks and to hear hear that in the tokyo show is like wow that just fits for some reason uh well jay well jay Wow, Jay. Wow. I guess. I guess. It's time for the final thoughts. So, Jay. Uh, I absolutely fucking loved this show. No, it didn't. was absolutely worth the wait. It was absolutely worth the hype. Um, it's it's almost like a weird blueprint for Heisei Rider in a way, where mm-hmm. it has a lot of the same kind of themes and not necessarily like cliches or whatever, but a lot of the same story elements and stuff that, that showed up a lot more so in like earlier seasons, but a lot of like early Heisei Rider kind of copied a lot of elements from the show. And obviously Inoue was very heavily involved in early Heisei. So it's understandable. So it's kind of a little disappointing that the show didn't do as good as it did. It is definitely understandable why, because this is a, this is Inoue at full force very early on in his career. Because, um, like, we had Hakaider, which was a year or two before this, and that was just, like, one movie. And that was pretty heavy Inoue, but it was still in a small package. 
But then you have this show, which is full of Noe the entire way through, and I absolutely loved the fuck out of it. I adored it from beginning to end. I think every single episode was funny as hell. I don't think a single episode bored me at any point. I don't think I, I don't think there was even really a bad episode in the show. But that is definitely not going to be for everyone. This is a very, this will be a very alienating show. If you're not a big fan of Inoue's, com <laughs> specifically his comedy in general, but just his writing in general, you probably aren't going to get into this show. I think, I think the show is very much before its time. I think if this show came out like five or six years later, like right after Agito, like right around when Fize was coming out, this would be way, way more successful than it was. I think it probably would have been much more fondly remembered because of course the show is the show is mostly remembered because of memes with the you know, the fucking mackerel bit which i don't know how we didn't talk about that um the infamous mackerel meme associated with his uh with the character which if you're wondering what the context of it is uh there's an episode where they're fighting a monster because they're trying to rescue somebody who got kidnapped and uh akira gets his visor knocked off so he can't transform which i don't know I don't know how it was a separate period of him. I thought it was just a part of his body, but whatever. So he gets knocked into another room that he can't get into. And because the plot of the episode had him with a bunch of foreign uh, foreigners who obviously don't necessarily speak Japanese. Uh, he's basically playing a game of telephone with a long line of translators to get it back. And they just keep handing him new shit. And then eventually, like the last one is, of course, the mackerel, which he holds over his face and he gets really mad about. Uh, which they then bring up later on and they do the same kind of bit. Uh, that's it. That's the whole context of the mackerel bit is that there's a joke where he puts it onto his face instead of his transformation device. Uh, no, I don't know why it stayed as popular as it has. Um, but yeah, other than the fact that, uh, of course, the main actor is common writer Oja, this show is mostly only remembered for those two elements. And it's kind of a shame because this show would be really, really more popular if it came out at a later time or got more attention at a time than it did. Because I don't really see anybody talk about this show. And when they do, it's mostly just like the one or two bits. But there's so much to talk about this show. It's so fascinating and bizarre. But it is definitely not going to be for everyone. It is definitely going to be a very alienating kind of show. Mm. <clears throat> well... Jay's obviously wrong because Shansuri sucks. No. <laughs> uh, I'm actually really in agreement with Jay. Again, there's a lot of things in this show that can irk me. But I think if I just sat down and watched random episode here, I fucking have the time of my life with it. Dude, legit, even with little things that I can say are annoying or stupid or bad, as a whole package, this show is just fun. Like, literally... You cannot get any more Inoue than this show. This is 100% Inoue. Maybe 110% Inoue, if you can believe that. Like, you cannot get any further down the pole with this. And it's fucking fantastic. It is fun. It's funny. There are actually moments that make you, like, really go like, wow, that was done really well. And like Jay said, a lot of the show is ahead of its time. I see a lot of elements that were later put into the Heisei writers from this show, thankfully because of Inoue. Hell, fucking, if the, a lot of the scenes in this show feel like they were going to be put in either Fize or Ryuki, if you could believe that. 
it's great. It's a fun show. It's fun. If you don't like Inoue because of blah, 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 then no, you're not going to like it. But of course, you're also subhuman IQ. But hey, I think anybody else who wants to give it a try, give it a try. Seriously, give it a shot. Maybe give one episode a shot. And again, thankfully, because this episode, this show is so episodic, you can choose whatever fucking episode you want. You don't got to go in order. Just have fun with it. Go with it. Go have fun. So overall, I like this show a lot. I'm probably going to show it to a couple of my buddies when we're drunk as fuck because they'll love it too. (laughs) And with that being said, wheel, 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 live wheel reaction. There's a topical (laughs) meme for you, kids. Is that topical? Because that meme has been around for years. Live slug reaction. That was like a week ago it started. No, that's been around for a while. No, it hasn't. Yes, it has. No, it has not. Yes, it has. It started like two fucking weeks ago, AJ. I was there. Time is a straight line, fucker. Yeah, neither are you. What? What? (laughs) I don't (laughs) fucking know. That doesn't make sense. (laughs) No, it didn't. I don't know why I said that. (laughs) Time is a fucking circle, and that slug has been around for a long ass time. Judging you for being gay. <laughs> Somebody's gonna get mad at that. Somebody's not gonna know that that's a meme. Somebody's gonna pretend like I'm not gay again. You know, I no, keep no, doing no, this no. to myself. No, I no. keep doing it to myself. Someone's gonna pretend that you're not gay and also that you're my sock puppet account. <laughs> again. Oh, not again. Uh, well, what is coming up on the wheel? What could be so amazing that we ha- oh fuck. <laughs> Always a good side. Uh, well, at least we got to do the show that I've always wanted to do. It could be literally anything next week, and I think I'm going to be fine with it. You asked for it. God damn it, I knew it! <laughs> Son of a bitch, I... I knew, I knew the second I said that, like, oh, it's fucking going to be Ghost, isn't it? God damn it. Oh! We skipped it last week. We this skipped is your fault. Week. This How is your my fault. fault. Because you, you went, oh, you, you decided to pull the fucking, you just, you decided to pull the mulligan. And I told you, this is our one respin of the fucking year. And now it's back. <laughs> In pause form. Listen, AJ. It was worth it, okay? It was worth it. Was it? it? Was it? Yes. Yes, it was. No, it wasn't. Because we got to watch a good show. No. No. (laughs) Fuck. Fuck. crimes I committed. Uh, I'm gonna blame Rabbit. Yeah, it's his fault. Where, where's the Where's the Batman picture? Where's the Batman picture? Hang on, I'll post it. Thank you, thank you. I need this. I. I oh. Nope, that's right. That's in that folder. Oh God. 
really we're really gonna do it, aren't we? We really have to do it. We were gonna have to do it eventually. Why couldn't it have been Kiva? It was right next to Kiva. I wish we could have done we, Kiva. At least that was funny. At least that would have been we funny. Were, we were just talking about redoing Kiva. We should have been. It should have been Kiva. That I wish it thema- was. That would have been thematically relevant. No. There we go. No, no. I guess not. We're not allowed to have fun <sighs> on our fucking show. Oh my god. I hate this so fucking much, dude. <laughs> Uh, so Jay, I I ask you this. I ask you this. Do we just do the show or do we do everything? Well, or do we I do everything that... that the guy wrote? Oh, so like six episodes and then nothing else? No, he. I'm. This is not a pun. Fuck you. I know for a fact he ghost wrote most of this shit. <laughs> Uh, I know for a fact that he wrote way more of this show than people actually think he did. It's not well, like it, it's be, not like it does not like it changes anything because he wrote Saber to you fucking cucks. Well, I think the last time the topic of redoing Ghost came up, we said we were going to do everything. Fuck you. So <laughs> fuck you. As fuck as much as I as much as I hate. I hate the fact that I'm even considering it. I hate this. <laughs> I think just to finally put it to fucking rest, we might as well. Just to fucking get it over with. We're going to so put we, this puppy down. We're going to we're going to exercise this. I'm so even... So, what we're going to do, guys, we're going to do ghost. We're going to do the V cinemas and we're going to do the movies. And you know what? Just to fuck with you. We're also going to do the fucking Saber special. Why? Because I fucking hate my life. But do not expect this in two weeks because go fuck yourself. Go no. fuck yourself. This is going to take at least a month. At least a month. So watch out for like a commentary about the ghost movie somewhere. <laughs> watch out for that in like the next couple of weeks. Because after that, Man. after that. I am going to bury this show so far into the fucking ether. God himself will not even be able to take the soul out. I fucking... We're going to go full Old Testament on this show. Oh, I'm, oh. We're going to go full spirit of vengeance on this shit, guys. I, I am going to fucking, I am going to fucking, oh my God. I am going to fucking pull a promo on this show so fucking hard for my final thoughts when we do this. It's not even going to be funny. You only say that all men are created equal. When you look at me, you look at Comrade or Ghost. You that statement is not true. I fucking hate every one of you. Whoever put this on the wheel, I'm going to look for you. I'm going to kick your balls so hard up your fucking stomach, you're going to go through reverse puberty. I hate all of you. God <sighs> damn it. <laughs> Why why the wheel though? Why? Why wheel? Why? Why wheel? God damn it. Okay. Well, Jay. It's it's ghost time. We're going ghost. <laughs> Alright, let me which, get my shotgun and then uh, go to the go to the grocery store. God damn it, I was gonna say the exact same joke. <laughs> I was gonna say, what are we gonna go full Randy stairs? <laughs> don't fall down the stairs. I, I don't know. I don't want to go to the weird parts of Randy Stair. Uh, yeah, he got he got really fucking weird there. Anyways, oh, well, well, uh, besides the fact that he killed himself for his fucking ghost girls. I mean, listen, man. 
when you have a waifu, you do crazy things, okay? I, I, I mean, I, I guess. I mean... I wouldn't necessarily commit murder uh, or <laughs> pretend like they're real or... Or paint yourself in body Paint yourself body with paint. fucking wall paint like a sociopath. <laughs> Um, or do half of the things that he said he did, uh, which I'm not going to repeat because they're going to get mad at me again. Um, <laughs> look, look, if you, if people who know, who know, um, if you know, you know, so yes, guys next week or no, fuck. No, 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 no. Fuck. Begup next that. week. We're going to talk about, uh, driving ghosts and then maybe the other ones. What, what's, what's do- canon? What's canon, anyways? Fucking who even knows? Okay, I don't even know what, if the what show I know is for canon. what I know for sure. The show's canon, obviously. The movie is canon. There's a character named Canon, <laughs> and there the V Cinema is a canon. Oh, and the Saber Shit's canon as well. All of those are canon. All of those. Uh... The Drive and Ghost one, I don't think is canon. I think that's something else entirely because they retconned the way Ghost Dad dies in that one. Well, the the fucking they retconned it how it happened. In the I show know they did into the movie. So who? F- <laughs> I know they uh, did, Jay. I know, I know. You know that I know that you know that I know that you know that I know. That's right, Jay. <laughs> That's right, Mike. I mean, I AJ. Hate, I hate everything about this. <laughs> Life is pain. I hate. I'm gonna get something to fucking eat. Fuck you guys. <laughs> I'm out of here. Uh, Cut.